And that's just a small wall because there's a doorway there. You know, Trish, there's some other ways that you can actually make the rooms feel larger. You know, considering I don't know the exact floor plan or, you know, the situation of the space. But if you've got some windows in, say, your dining room on the wall opposite it, why not put a really large mirror over perhaps, you know, a service area or some sort of great storage cabinet? Because the mirror will sort of help bounce the light around and open up the space and make it feel larger. You know, using paint color tricks where you slightly change one wall color to a lighter hue in the same family can make the space feel larger as well. Mirrors really are a huge help. I'm not talking about mirroring an entire wall, but I am talking about perhaps, you know, some strategically placed really decorative mirrors will do the trick as well. Um, You know, these are all ways furniture layout, if you can sort of keep the flow more open to encourage, you know, a a good pass through that can help make the space feel larger as well. So there are ways without taking on major construction projects. That'll make it look so much bigger. Trish, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call. Let us know what you are working on. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We want to give you a hand to get your Money Pit looking the best it possibly can. 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Coming up, did the stories out of Flint, Michigan have you concerned about the condition of your drinking water? Learn how to make sure it's safe after this. You live in a Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT with your home improvement question. We'll toss your name in the Money Pit hard hat for an opportunity to win a case of the new Liquid Nails Fuse-It Adhesive. Now, this product bonds to pretty much everything, and it creates a durable, flexible bond that's about twice as strong as fasteners by themselves. You can find it at Home Depot. You can visit liquidnails.com to learn more. It's worth 85 bucks going out to one caller drawn at random from those that reach us for today's show. That number again is one eight 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 money pit All right, Tom in Missouri's calling in with a pretty crazy question. His garage is pulling away from the house. Tell us what's going on. My garage is pulling away from the side of my house. And we determined it was a gutter 
overflow problem, and I got that rectified, and now I'm wondering how to get my garage back up where that it's not pulling away from the house. It's pulled away an uh, inch or so. Okay, once a building moves because there was water that got under the foundation or whatever caused it to rotate, you can't shove it back to kind of close that gap. So you need to get used to it in its present position. But tell me this, is the gap that has that's opened up is that a problem from a weather perspective is water getting into the building yes does the roof of the garage attach to the uh, side of the building above it or next to it is that where the leakage issue is yes all right so what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to reflash that essentially take apart the roofing in that area and replace it re-roof that that one to two foot strip between the garage roof and the adjoining building because that's pulled apart i can only imagine that all of the flashing is extended and there's lots of places for water to get in there if you don't do that during driving rain the water will get down between the uh the garage roof and the and the second floor uh, sidewall of your house and that's going to cause leaks and rot and all kinds of problems so you're going to have to tear out the roof where it joins the building and replace it but now that you fix the gutter problem you've got the foundation stable again that should really take care of it for the long run tom good project for you there thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit Karen in Nebraska, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Uh, yes, I had a tile floor put in my bathroom, and where you walk in, um, the tile has the grout has chipped out, and so I called the tile guy, and he came and he took that piece of tile out and regrouted it, and it's happening again. Is there something I can use just to seal that up, or do we have to regrout it a third time? Well, if the grout is falling out then sealing it's not going to change anything. It sounds like the grout might have been not mixed correctly. Perhaps it was too dry. Is it falling out in the same place that it fell out the first time? Yes. Karen, is it a small tile or a large tile? Um, I think it's 12 by 12. Okay, and you're not seeing any cracks in the tile. It's just strictly on the grout. Yeah, just, just the grout is, is chipping out. And it's just in the one place, the same place he... Um, replaced it. Well, when you say he replaced it, did he just sort of fill in the the missing areas or did he actually really physically take out all the old grout? He took out the old grout and put in a new new tile. You're going to have to have the tile guy come back again, pull out the grout and try it one more time. But have him look this time carefully to see if there's any movement in the floor there that's causing this to happen. Because I'm, I, I'm agree, I agree with Leslie on this. I definitely think something's going on there that's causing it to loosen up. It shouldn't be happening. If the grout was not fully removed the first time, then I would think that maybe you know it just wasn't adhering. But if it's completely, totally, completely removed and it's still coming up, then I think that there's something unstable about that floor surface, and that's why it's popping up. You're going to have to get the tile guy involved again. It's definitely not a maintenance issue. Okay. Well, I will do that for sure then. All right. Well, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Well, the news from Flint, Michigan about contaminated water certainly is tragic, and it might have many of you wondering if your water is safe. Now, even though our tap water supplies are considered to be one of the safest in the world, water contamination, as we've all learned, can still occur, including things like sewage releases, naturally occurring chemicals and minerals, and even local runoff like fertilizers and pesticides that leak into the water. Yeah. Now, if you want to find out where your water ranks, you want to start with a local utility or a municipality that sources your drinking water. 
every community water supplier must provide an annual report. Sometimes it's called a consumer confidence report. Now, this report provides information on your local drinking water's quality, including the water's source, contaminants that are found in the water, and how consumers can get involved in protecting their drinking water. Now, about 10% of the people in the United States rely on water from private wells. Now, if that's you, you need to take special precautions to make sure your drinking water is safe. One potential problem is a breach septic system, for example, that could occur near your well. Mm -hmm. Now, a water filter, that can help put your mind at ease and remove a lot of those harmful contaminants that are in your water. If you have an under-the-counter or an in-the-refrigerator filter, you want to make sure that you change it as needed so that it stays effective at keeping the water safe. You might consider installing a whole house water filter, though. Now, lastly, if you'd like a breakdown of exactly what is in your water, you can get a water testing kit at your local home center. The Home Depot has free kits at some of their locations, or you can visit epa.gov to learn more about drinking water safety. Joe in Texas is looking to collect some rainwater. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. All right. Well, we have a uh, ranch near Stephenville, about an hour and a half southwest of uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. And it can get pretty arid out here. So we have some rain barrels uh, or some black uh, large barrels hooked up to our rain gutters. And we're trying to get it to where it's actual potable water that we can use and drink and just in our ordinary you know, daily lives. Um, so we were kind of wondering what type of filtration system to put on uh, to run the water through and also how to keep the junk from our gutters flowing in there. Well, rainwater harvesting is something that's actually gone on for centuries. And there are modern systems that are available to help you both collect the rainwater and purify it because that's the key. You want to make sure it's safe. A good place to start is rainharvest.com. That's a website for a company that has specialized in this area for many, many years. And they have everything from small home-sized systems up to industrial-sized systems. And they also have the specialty filters you asked about keeping the gunk out of the water. There are special filters to keep out the leaves and the tree droppings and things like that from getting down in there. So it sounds like you're kind of well on your way, but what you're going to need to pick up is a purification system, and that's a good place to start, rainharvest.com. You know, another good site that's out there is harvestH2O.com. A lot of articles on there about filtration and purification, some products, good list to resources and vendors as well there. All right, thank you. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Diane in Minnesota has got a steamy bathroom. Tell us what's going on. Yes, the exhaust fan. It just does not seem to uh, take the steam out of the bathroom at all. It just doesn't work for some reason. Well, where is the exhaust fan mounted? It's on the ceiling and goes into an attic. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it's in the ceiling. Um I just live in an apartment, so I'm not exactly sure where it goes. But uh... Okay, well, see, that would be a good place to start <laughs> because you want to make sure when you turn on an exhaust fan that you can see it actually exhaust somewhere. And generally, it's going to be a vent outside the building somewhere, and you can turn on the exhaust fan and see that vent open. So you need to figure out, or if it's an apartment, you need to have a super figure out where it's exhausting because it could be obstructed, it could be crushed, it could be blocked, it could be terminated. 
there could be a lot of things wrong with it. And the other thing that you might want to think about, and, and you may or may not want to do this because it's an apartment and not a condominium that you own, but there's a different type of exhaust fan uh, that's out now. Brone and Newtone make it, same company. It's called Ultra. And what's cool about it is it has a moisture-sensing switch built into it, a humidistat, so it runs whenever the room gets moist. So you can kind of set it and forget it, and you take a shower, it'll just stay on until all the moisture is evacuated out of the room and then go off again. Okay. Well, thank you so much. All right, Diane. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Doug in Rhode Island's up next with an electrical question. How can we help you? I did some remodeling work and um, upgrading the island. And it, it used to be a floating island. And uh, now that it's uh, fixed to the floor, I'm considering putting electrical outlets. And I'm curious as to what might be the best location as well as what what the code, the electrical code might require. Well, are you over a basement or a crawl space? I'm over a basement. Okay. Because what you're going to want to do is run the wire up from the basement below into the side of the island. Is it a standard like uh, kitchen cabinet that you've used to create this island with? Yes. Because you can mount the electrical outlet uh, basically cut it into the side of the cabinet. You're going to want it off the countertop down below on the side of the cabinet. And the key uh, safety aspect here is you want to make sure that it's ground. It's a ground fault outlet. Those are the outlets that have the test and reset buttons in, in them for wet locations. I did see something online concerning that. Yeah, so as long as you use a ground fault circuit interrupter outlet and you you know just bring the wire up from the basement, that would be the most practical way to do it. It'll probably end up not being on the same circuit as the kitchen because generally what you do in a situation like that is you grab the closest power source that you can that's convenient and safe and just kind of go up from there. Okay, sounds good. Thanks for your help. Now we've got Kathleen in Rhode Island who's doing some decorating and needs some help choosing floors. How can we help you? Uh, There are so many choices. We're looking at laminate, engineering, and hardwood. What do you suggest? I have one concrete floor, which is the walkout basement. And then it's the first and the second floor. The first is main living area, and the second is bedroom. Well, in the basement, you can't use solid hardwood. You could only use engineered hardwood or the laminate because it's too damp. Right, and the laminate's probably the better choice. But what about wear and tear? That's the other thing. I mean, laminate cannot ever be sanded. You need to rip it out and redo it. We're engineered can be. Well, I've got uh, probably 10 years on the laminate floor in my kitchen uh, and three kids that grew up on it. And I got to tell you, it's pretty tough stuff. And now there are different degrees of laminate too, no? There's different finishes. There's different durability. There's a test called a Tabor abrasion test that's done on, on, on laminate surfaces, also done on the finish of hardwood surfaces. And that's what determines how durable they are. So as long as you, if there's an option in the quality of finish from something that's maybe designed for residential or commercial, I'd always go with the tougher one. Right. Well, Kathleen, in in my home, our basement is, you know, where my kids hang out. It's my workspace. And I put a laminate floor down there and I chose one that has, you know, a beautiful grain to it. It looks like a hardwood. And then I've used area rugs to sort of warm it up and make it feel more homey. But it's super durable. Um, I had a plumbing issue go awry and lots of water underneath it, and it didn't buckle, bend. You know, I was able to dry it all out and keep it really, really in good shape. Um, so I'm all for a laminate in a lower level. Now, when it comes to your main floor and your bedroom area, I'd be more inclined to lead toward, you know, an engineered hardwood or a hardwood, depending on your budget and depending on the aesthetic. Um, you know, you can go with 
if your concern is wear and tear and refinishing, you can go with a commercial grade finish. It's going to be a little bit more costly, but it's going to allow that hardwood to really stand up. You know, the other option to consider is in your entrance foyers or places where you come in and out, you know, like a mudroom, go laminate again in there or do a tile or, you know, a marble or something um, that will be more easily cleanable, more durable, um, you know, just to handle that type of wear and wear situation. Now, I personally, on a second floor, you know, and, and even in, in living spaces, you know, you say you're by the salt water. I imagine you have a certain sort of design style that, that could be sort of, I'm guessing like a traditional, but contemporary at the same time since you're on the water. And wider planks are very popular now. Yes, I agree. They're very attractive. They're very attractive. You can go for a plank that has, you know, some sort of a hand scraping detail to it that looks a little bit more agey and more worn and, you know, but still be durable. Okay. And so you're comfortable with that for a full living space to land in it. All right, good. We talked you into it. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Still ahead, we're going to tell you about the one phone call to make before you pick up your shovel this spring that could save your life and your home and your neighborhood and your neighbor's house. It's an important number to remember, so stick around. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. 
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So if you're considering new flooring, you want to go with top name flooring, and you want to get it at the lowest prices. And that's why we like lumber liquidators. You can choose from over 400 varieties, including Bellawood pre-finished hardwood, which is backed by a 100-year transferable warranty. Yeah, and right now, lumber liquidators is having their end-of-quarter clearance, so every floor that they have in stock is on sale. They've got a hundred million square feet of top quality flooring and it's been priced to sell. Get to a store near you today for incredible deals on over 60 styles of North American and European laminates, including the look of oak, maple, and cherry starting at just 39 cents a square foot. There's 300 varieties of pre-finished hardwood from just 99 cents and new styles of wood look tile flooring from just 99 cents plus pre-finished solid bamboo from an amazing $1.49. Yeah, guys, it's going on now and it's first come first serve so get to your local store today you can't afford to miss it for locations call 1-800-HARDWOOD or visit lumberliquidators.com lumber liquidators hardwood floors for less all right colleen in texas you've got the money but how can we help you today yes i was wondering about a product called restore it's called liquid armor resurfacer and i have a dock that i wanted to put it on all right i'm familiar with those restore products i've not used them but i know what they're supposed to do One thing I would tell you is, I don't know about the brand you mentioned. I would make sure it's a brand that's been around for a long time because we've seen some of those thick paint products do more damage than good. I know, for example, that Rust-Oleum, which is a good brand, makes a product called Restore. It works on concrete and decks as well as vertical siding. So I might start by taking a look at the Rust-Oleum product. Just make sure you stick with a name brand that's been around a long time so that you know that you've got a really good product that you're putting on the deck. And I would also make sure that you tested it in an area, maybe on a couple of deck boards to make sure you're completely happy with it before going all in on the entire deck or dock. And is it harder to use this type of product versus just a regular paint? Yeah, it's going to be more difficult because it's about 10 times thicker than paint. So the application is, you know, got to be done right. Uh, you're going to use similar tools, but it's just going to it's going to be slow. Okay, well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Bud's online with the Money Pit looking to convert a garage to some living space. Tell us about the project. Well, actually, it's already been converted by some real amateur people. Okay. And uh, it uh, has, I believe, 24-inch on center studs all over and no insulation. Hmm. And I'm looking to possibly, I don't want to disturb what drywall is there because I've got all the ceilings and the walls that were messed up by these people. Okay. Uh, They turned the gas off and it froze and water broke and damage everywhere. But anyway, I need to get, uh, if you have a, a source of a low expansion um, insulation, foam insulation. Well, you're going to have to use a blown-in insulation. I don't think there's a low expansion foam, if that's what you're asking us. I think what you have to do is you have to use a blown-in to get insulation behind those walls. That's your only option right now. I don't see a way around that unless you want to take that drywall down and do it right. And frankly, the cost of the blown-in is um, for a small job like that might be pretty expensive. It, it could possibly make sense to take that drywall down, but you would blow that in and you blow it in under pressure so that it's set, it, it, it basically fills up the whole cavity. Usually there's two holes, one in the middle and one towards the top that assures that it gets all the way up there. But I think blown in is, is probably the way that you have to go. Now, you're only going to need to insulate the walls 
that are over exterior that are exterior walls. If it's a wall between the house and the garage, that you would not have to insulate because that would already have been insulated. I think your advice is good. I'll just uh, probably have to rip all the drywall down and just quit. Sometimes it's uh, you know it's hard to uh, put lipstick on a pig, so to speak. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I thought maybe you had some lipstick advice. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Now we've got Marie calling into the Money Pit with a cabinet question. How can we help you today? And I'm in a dilemma over kitchen cabinets. I really like this uh, fairly contemporary look, but it's a slab. We're at the, we're on the salt water, and I've been told to maybe stay away from a slab cabinet door because of the way it um, expands and shrinks. What's your opinion on that or your advice? When you say slab, are you talking about like a full overlay? No, it's... It's an actual slab. I don't think it's an overlay or veneer at all. I think you mean a solid wood door, one piece wood door, as opposed to one that's made up of uh, panels, like a raised panel door? Yes, it's not a raised panel, but you can actually see the pieces of wood. Well, I guess they're glued together, but there's no raised panels or anything on it. Yeah, it's a solid piece of wood. It's a laminated door, basically, solid pieces of wood glued together. I don't know. I mean, if the door is made right and the wood is dried when it was built and it's sealed properly, I don't think it's more or less likely to swell than uh, than, a, than a, a raised panel door would be. You know, that makes total sense the way you put it that way. Why wouldn't they dry it out first and then seal right. it properly? Huh, I never even thought about it in that context. You know, the boxes themselves that the cabinets are, you know, the cabinet box is going to be constructed out of, you know... A wood laminated ply, so or or something that's more structurally stable. And I, I don't think you have to be concerned about the door. Hmm, I, I I I think looking at it from that point of view, maybe I won't be. I've had people tell me that they're just going to get all walked and. But why would they if they're if it is like you said a reliable cabinet maker? I guess that would right. be the question. Exactly, good quality cabinet should be dimensionally stable. I agree with you. Oh, I found a beautiful door, and I think I might go for it then. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Still ahead, we're going to share some ideas to help you save on your summer watering bills for a lush lawn that won't break the bank. So stick around. You live in a money pit. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Introducing Liquid Nails Fuse-It All-Surface Construction Adhesive. Glass, metal, wood, whatever your job. Liquid Nails Fuse-It bonds almost everything. Liquid Nails Fuse-It All-Surface Construction Adhesive. Don't just glue it, fuse it. Available exclusively at The Home Depot.
You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. We're going to help you with whatever you're working on at your Money Pit. But this hour, we're giving away a prize as well to one lucky caller. We've got a case of Liquid Nails Fuse It. It's their new adhesive, and it's going to bond pretty much everything to everything else. And it creates a super durable and flexible bond that's going to be two times stronger than other fasteners alone. And the best part is that it can be applied interior, exterior, hot, cold, wet, dry, pretty much any surface. So it kind of narrows down all of those choices that you're like, what glue can I use to stick this to that? Well, you can fuse it. Liquid Nails Fuse It is going to work on pretty much everything. And it's available exclusively at the Home Depot. You can visit liquidnails.com to learn more. And it's a prize worth almost $85. So it's going out to one lucky caller. So give us a call for your chance to win. 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Stephen, North Carolina, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I have a, a cabin uh, way out in the woods, small cabin out in the woods. And years ago, I built a bathroom on, and I put in a, I believe it is a iron base, but a porcelain-coated uh, tub. And uh, I don't use it that often, but it has developed this very light blue staining all around the drain and has, you know, seeded out. I've used bleach, I've, you know, different cleaners. And I'm wondering, is is there a painted surface or what is going on with that, if, if you might know? It's probably minerals from the water. Uh, are you on a well by any chance? It is, in fact, yes. It is way out in the woods. You may be getting some mineral salts from the water, probably hard water that are just evaporating and, and, and staying behind and then reacting with the with the the drain metal material to kind of form that. I've seen that before. It's almost fluorescent. Yeah, in older houses that I've been in, I've noticed that, that you'll sometimes see that. Yeah, the best thing to use is CLR, calcium lime rust remover. That product is pretty effective at making the minerals go away, but you might find... Uh, that if it's uh, worn the surface off of the drain and that sort of thing, that it just doesn't clean very well anymore. Okay, well, thank you so much. Ellen, by the way, um, I wish y'all would uh, just every other show play the trailer music and just let it play. I love that. Uh, <laughs> well, thank really, you very much. I really do. Living a money pit. The music <laughs> is great. All right, Steve. Glad you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, this summer, you can keep your water bills low and landscaping lush with something called micro-irrigation. Now, this is also known as drip irrigation. Micro-irrigation is going to help your landscaping thrive through very targeted and timed watering. It's an extremely efficient system. Now, unlike sprinklers that are going to send excess water, you know, down your driveway, into the air, on the sidewalk, at your neighbor's house, a micro-irrigation system puts the water right where the plants need it, and that's at the roots. Now, installing a micro-irrigation system is a pretty simple summer project. You're going to need an adapter to connect your household water supply, along with some drip hoses, some tubing, and the sprayers themselves. Mm-hmm. And micro-irrigation allows you to give individual attention to specific plants while you then regulate over 
overall water use. You just wrap the tubing around the shrubs, you wind it through the garden beds, and you can even add it to hanging plants. Yep, and you can even create different watering zones within your micro-irrigated yard and add some timers to take the guesswork out of watering. It's a great way to give your lawn, your garden, some precise watering, which is going to save you water and assure that you have a beautiful green result. 888-666-3974 is our telephone number. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project question. Pat in Louisiana is on the line and needs some help with a cleaning project. What can we do for you? We had our carpet cleaned about a year ago. And in this bedroom, we have a heavy, clear plastic mat that goes underneath a computer chair. Okay. Well, recently, I moved it over a bit, and I noticed that it was wet underneath it. There's no leak okay. in the roof. Water hasn't come in the house. So the only thing that can be is a year ago, the water from the carpet cleaning surface got underneath this mat, and it's been there all this time. Hmm. Okay. So we cut out a large circle, like a five-foot circle, and got all the part out that was wet. So we're going to have to replace the carpet and the pad. But on the concrete, the bare concrete, there are some spots uh, of discoloration. So I don't know if that's mold or mildew. My question is, how do I clean that concrete before we have the new carpet installed? The concrete spots, if, if anything, are mineral salt deposits. It's not mold. Okay. And so it's it's really cosmetic at this point. If you, you can wash it down with a vinegar and water solution, it'll melt the mineral salt deposits away. But the other thing that, that occurs to me is sometimes concrete will draw moisture into a house. And so if anywhere near that area outside, you've got water that's ponding or, or collecting, it's possible for the, the concrete to sort of draw that moisture up into the slab and across, and it may not have been able to evaporate where the pad was covering the concrete, which is why that area stayed damp, whereas the other area dried out. So there may be a different explanation as to why that stayed wet. One of the things that you might want to do since you have the carpet pulled all the way back is to paint the concrete. Uh, paint that area with an epoxy paint that will seal in that concrete and stop some of the evaporation if the moisture is being drawn through it and up into the floor surface. So should I, we paint the whole room? We don't have all of the carpet up yet. We just cut up cut out the middle part. Well, if you're going to take all the carpet up, then paint the whole floor. Um, if you're only going to take part of it up, then just paint what you can get to. But I would definitely paint the floor. Okay. Hey, do you live somewhere where your neighbors feel like maybe they're sitting in the living room with you? We're going to share some tips to help you quiet the neighbors' noise when we come back. You live in a body pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT or post your home improvement question to moneypit.com. We've got one here about a very noisy townhouse. Yeah, it goes like this. I live in a townhouse. There's a steel I-beam that runs through the basements of all the houses in my row. This I-beam seems to carry a lot of noise. When I'm down in the basement, I can hear the conversations that my neighbors two doors down are having, and my next-door neighbor can hear every word of the books on tape I listen to down there. How can I insulate that I-beam so the sound doesn't travel so much? By the way, property values have plummeted in our city lately, so the cheaper I can do this, the better. You know, I find it unlikely that the I-beam is actually... um doing the sort of the wiring and carrying that sound. The problem is more likely traced to the way the walls were constructed. 
including the possibility of openings around light switches and outlets that are really too big. So you have a couple of options, one of which is to insulate up to and including the joist the I-beam goes through. And you want to add a second layer of drywall to do this and something called green glue for even more resistance. It kind of looks like a caulk, like a green sort of silicone caulk, and it goes between the old and the new layer of drywall. It helps to isolate those sounds. Another option, though, is to buy and install what's called sound-resistant drywall, and these are products that you can put over the existing drywall that have baffling sort of built into that. Now, one critical area, though, is around any outlets or light switches or those sorts of openings. That has to be packed with a sound-resistant sort of clay-like material that you'll find in the same area of the home center or hardware store. Perhaps those solutions will help quiet this community down. Yeah. In the meantime, don't tell secrets in the basement. (laughs) Well, spring is here, and that means homeowners across the country are going to start picking up their shovels for a variety of outdoor projects like planting trees and installing fences and building decks and so much more. But be aware, there is one phone call you need to make before you do any of that that could save your life and some property damage. Leslie has the details in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, you know, a recent survey found that more than half of the homeowners who are planning to dig had no plans to check on underground lines and pipes. So here's the deal. Digging without knowing the rough location of your utility lines, it's a gamble. Even if you're lucky enough to avoid serious injury, you could still end up disrupting service to your entire neighborhood and possibly be responsible for fines and the repair costs to that damage. Now, damage to gas pipelines, that can cause devastating explosions. Every digging job, guys, requires a call, even small projects like planting shrubs or hedges. And whether you're planning to do it yourself or hire a pro, that call has got to be made. So here's what you do. You call 811 from anywhere in the country a few days before you start your digging projects. And your call is going to be routed to your local one-call center. Now, you tell the operator where you're planning to dig and what type of work you're going to be doing, and your affected utility companies are going to be notified about your plans. In a few days, they're going to send a locator to your house, and he's going to mark the approximate location of your underground lines, pipes, cables, everything. So now you're going to know what's below the surface, and of course then be able to dig safely and not potentially blow up your entire house, yourself, the neighborhood. Just be safe, guys. 811. Super easy to remember. This is the Buddy Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, warmer weather means you'll soon be using your deck more often to entertain. But before you plan a crowd for a barbecue, you want to make sure your deck can handle all those people. Coming up next time on the Money Pit, we'll cover five signs that your deck may be in danger. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Oh, 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 oh,